Right, hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. I literally just realised as I sat on that chair, the bolts just fell at the bottom of the chair. <laughs> <laughs> so I could, I could fall off on this chair at any moment. Um, this is guest interview number 19. Um, we are here with Mr. Matt Kendrick. Hi guys. Owner of M- MK Health Clubs. We spoke about, um, I think it was two podcasts ago when we first introduced it. Um, so this is Matt's first appearance and we'll be affiliating with them this year with a lot of the education, which will be very exciting. I'm here with James as well. James, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good to be here again. How are you, Matt? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Um, I think today's is going to be about really business orientated, if anything, an area we haven't really covered on the podcast before, but something that a lot of the, the audience, especially the personal trainer base that may be wanting to open up their own facilities, run their own teams, it's going to be a really applicable episode and, and stuff we're going to delve into this year with Matt in, in other features as well across the website and, and so forth. I've known you, Matt, for what, four or five years now, but yeah. um, I say I coached you initially uh, to go through a transformation. But I think just tell us a bit about yourself, how you got into the industry, how you built a successful personal training facility and obviously about to open a second facility, mm-hmm. so just give us a bit of a background on yourself sure. and how things got started. Um, so I started in the fitness industry in the late 90s, so about 1998, and like most of the guys probably listening to this, I started on a gym floor for a corporate club, so I started at a David Lloyd club um, as a senior fitness instructor. I was on £10,000 a year, and I was doing about 60 hours a week, so it was an extremely well-paid position. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's really kind of where my journey started so like a lot of people I was out there on a you know a gym floor cold selling to um, to members and it was bad enough then so God knows what it's like now um, and you know my passion was just really to help as many people as I could I absolutely love every aspect of health and fitness I was desperate to learn as much as I could about all forms of training nutrition and probably around the late 90s was the time when you know, Paul Check, Charles Poliquin, a lot of the American guys came onto the scene. So for me, it was just, you know, I was just going through all of that side of things and, and couldn't get enough of it, really. So what, even back then, what made the transition from one-to-one coaching into a business? How did you start to transition? Um, well, first off, I never intended to have a business. So, you know, it wasn't like this was the plan. The plan for me was that I loved training, loved working in the industry. Um, and like I said, wanted to reach out and help as many people as I could. And it just grew. So I went from starting off with, you know, one, two clients, um, getting to the point where I was flat out busy doing sort of 40, 50 hours a week, and then took a trainer on, took another PT on. Um, and again, guys, I've probably made every single mistake in the last 20 years plus that you can make in business to kind of get to where I am now. So I, it, it kind of grew organically. There was no sales, no marketing. There weren't any systems in place. It was really just, we, you know, we were doing our very best with the clients we got. Um, and I was really big into my education. So all the money that I was earning, I would go off to the States. I went out to Canada. I would choose people that I wanted to go and learn with courses, never stopped on the learning side, which I think probably at the time definitely set me apart from a lot of PTs out there. Um, and it grew, so we started, you know, I started on the gym floor in David Lloyd, we took on the sports shop, opened up sort of studio, then we took on the middle floor and took over all the health and beauty and kind of took over the club from within really. What sort of 
numbers, like in terms of trying to say so the audience can get an idea of the scale of the business now. How many trainers you got working for you? Give us an idea in terms of the sort of the setup and stuff of just how successful things are now, so they can really get a scope on sure. that. Sure. So MK Health Hub, um, our own facility, we opened five years ago. Um, it's a standalone. It's over six thousand square feet. Um, we have six hundred and fifty private members, which is about a fifty-fifty split between one-to-one -one coaching and small group personal coaching. Um, I've got sixteen full-time personal trainers employed by us. We call them coaches, obviously. As you guys know now from when I started, being a trainer isn't enough. You've got to be much more of an all-rounder. You've got to understand far more than just coaching. Um, and, you know, in terms of the facility, we turn over around 1.2 million a year. We have a net profit of 10%. We track all our numbers. We average 350 hours of one-to-one -one coaching every single week, year in, year out. Um, and we average around 80 to 90 small group personal coaching sessions per week as well. Where would you say that in terms of young coaches that are aspiring to have their own facility at this stage, where would you say they're in a sense almost going wrong or they've... Um, I, I look at the industry and I think that um, there's very much kind of like, you know, when I, when I look out there what's online, there's a lot of guys that are sort of selling, you know, packages of how they can get trainers to make so much money. So it's very much chasing, you know, I, I can get you this so-and-so made this much money in this many months. For me, it's much more about what, what are you trying to achieve? So what's the plan? What's your vision? What do you want to create? Something that's more lasting rather than just selling a load of packages. So it's thinking a little bit more long-term. And I think the first thing is be great at what you do. So it's the subject, it's what you're doing. You want to be a great coach. And that, that's the absolute first fundamental step. And then beyond that, it's then thinking more about the vision of what you want to create and what does that look like. And for that then, my suggestion is that you, you need systems and processes in place to help that happen. It's something like, that you can see the people that are successful in the industry that they've always started as just being a great coach. Mm. And then the business grew from there, whereas so many coaches try and in a sense, I think, get business coaching too early on when they haven't just spent the time on the gym floor, yeah. falling in love mm. yeah. with one-to-one -one coaching. Because that's where so many of us started and then they start to transition, oh, where can I make this quick buck? Um, and they get in too early, I think, with business coaching. So I think definitely that there is the right time and the place for, for yeah. them to maybe take the transition of ha having a business coach or looking upon someone to try and take them to the next level. Mm. Um, but they've got to make sure they're, they're passionate about coaching. 100%. Passionate about working with people, passionate about seeing people develop and progress and transform their life really in front of them. Mm. Um, where they want to try and earn money over that passion really, I think. Sure. That's when they sometimes lose sight of where they're going with it. That's a great point. So, you know, for me, when I look now at the amount of sort of sales and marketing and, and courses around selling and, and, and financial stuff, um, you know, that wasn't even on my radar for the first 10 years, I reckon. It was all about just, it was all about the coaching. Every single course, seminar um, that I did was all around learning more about nutrition, learning more about rehabilitation, obviously more about strength and conditioning, all of those things first and foremost. And then it was like, you know, the business grew primarily from referral. We didn't have any sales and marketing systems. Mm. But what I then learned is as 
you get to a certain point and then to get to the next step you definitely do need those need systems place, yeah. and probably you know what's taken me 20 years now I've, with wisdom of doing it I could fast track much sooner knowing all those things but in total agreement, you've got to, you know, the first and foremost, you've got to be great at what you do and, and be passionate about what you do. Yeah, I, th I think the whole concept of amplifying business growth, you have to have passion and quality first for, then, for that to excel in the first place. When, when did you have that light bulb moment in terms of when you, when you knew you wanted to grow something like this from going from a, a very busy trainer who was learning, learning, learning to what is now MK Health Clubs and, the, and obviously the, the empire that that will be in five years time, like you said? I think that, you know, probably when I was, when, when the business had grown and I'd probably got three or four members of staff, it was kind of like, it was great, things were growing really fast, but it was, there was no balance mm. to what I was doing. So every bit of spare time I was studying and I'm fortunate, I loved to study, I loved learning more about the subject, but that can only go on for so long mm. and you know but do you do you really think to be truly successful where we're going to find balance do you do you have the business where it's at now do uh -huh. you have balance yeah so well i just think that's something <laughs> that's put out there that oh yeah you're going to find balance you're going to have this new business you're going to take these people on you're going to have more free time no to be successful we're never going to have balance i i don't believe well, that i think that depends on what you'd call balance so for yeah. me mm. here's the thing right so i'm I'm that next generation on. So I'm in my 40s now, so I've got two young kids. I've got a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. So for me, when I talk about balance, I'm, I don't have to be in here, in this facility every day. I don't coach on the floor. So if I need to be somewhere and I get to spend that quality time with my kids and my family, okay. I feel like that's balance. I have a morning routine. I have an evening routine and I actually rather than talk about it do do it mm, yeah. you know most probably <laughs> six out of seven I do do it I'm not one of those that preach meditation and don't do it for yeah. example um, so it's a good point because when you're always striving the balance for me when I open the second facility in a few months time will go out of sync of yeah, course yeah, it will because yeah. it's all all hands on deck but yeah. the importance is that I recognize it and then I know what to do about it rather than my head so far in it I can't see it and I'm just existing day to day, which I think a lot of PTs are doing. Yeah, so the big thing is having that long-term vision mm. that you see where things are going, so you know in three, four, five months as things start to pick up at the second facility, that you're gonna have however long it is where your head's down, you're focusing purely on growing the business and building it because you know then in a year's time, things can be balanced out and you can pull back a little bit. That's a lot about planning as well. So there's a plan in place. If there's not a plan in place, then it, it becomes really reactive. Mm. So there's already a plan in place. So I know that if we follow the steps that I've put in place, we'll be where I need us to be in a certain period of time. And that's really true of business. So I learned, you know, probably a lot later than I should have done that actually Having quarterly business analysis, having annual business analysis helps you not to be reactive. Mm. So you can predict what's going to happen ahead because you've put the steps in place to make sure it happens. So MK Health Hub not having any debt at this point in its time and, and making a generous profit every, with everyone paid and everyone being paid properly and it not being, you know, not me not having to be in the business but earning a salary was planned. So otherwise, it would probably be very different. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think one thing we spoke about before this was the 
was the prevalence of people going out and looking for spaces to rent or you know potentially buy for a studio or opening up a facility but then not having those systems in place before they actually make the move and the excitement of the whole process of I'm gonna have my own facility I can pack it out with what I want that's the whole that's the story in itself but having like that preempted approach of being systematic and actually having a calculated response for what you're doing in the first place and having like where that's where business coaching comes in essentially giving someone systems sure and the importance of having you know that game plan for three five ten years of how we're going to actually do it in the first place yeah i mean that, it's a good point because as you guys know and and everyone listening knows as, as trainers we tend to kind of fall prey to the whole shiny object thing we tend to you know, we, we go after things and, and we kind of have that fear of missing out a little bit. Mm. And the other thing is when, when you think about a facility, a trainer gets excited, just like I did, because you think about all the things you want yeah. for yourself. Yeah. And sometimes you forget who your demographic is. So we're very clear. I could tell you who our client is, our ideal client, how old she is, the car she drives, where she eats, where she drinks, what she reads what our habits are, where our kids go to school. So we know exactly who we're targeting, who mm. we're going after. And so then if I end up putting a, the, the dream bodybuilding facility together that I want for myself and for my coaching team, I've kind of missed the point. Yeah. The facility's been built around the demand that's already there. 100%. As opposed to building a facility and then trying to get the person to fit that criteria. Absolutely. It's all about what the client wants and needs. Yeah which is often probably against what most younger generation people in the industry want themselves. Sure. You know, they want that sexy facility with all the new kit and that are gonna help them grow their own physique, but is it actually valuing their long-term vision from a business perspective? But I think as we discussed earlier, you, ultimately you can have both yeah. if you do it the right way. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and hopefully that's what we're gonna create in Birmingham yeah. with you guys as well. So um, I think you can achieve both things, but it's really, really important to remember who you're who you're going after. It's important to know who that is. Mm. And, and it, you know, it might be quite niche. I think knowing that the, the, the general personal training audience we're saying is 30 and upwards. Generally, anyone who's having personal training yeah. is say, we're not talking about online coaching here at this point in time. We're talking about that person who's having one-to-one -one coaching predominantly. Um, they're gonna be, say, 35 to maybe 55. Mm. To warrant mm -hmm. having that X amount of 100 pounds free every month to afford it. Yeah. Uh, so it's gotta look a certain way and not be intimidating. It's not your 25-year-old lad walking into it as a bodybuilder and they want some sort of environment. But yeah. the personal training environment, it's gotta look a certain way. And when the guys and girls and everyone comes to our education here at MK, the look and the feel is not like your typical, I'd say, gym that you might go and train at personally. Yeah. Because it's been set up in a completely different way that it's not going to be intimidating for that 40 or five year old female client Absolutely. who's walking in here. Yeah. yeah. Whereas they go into your normal bodybuilding type environment, they're going to be intimidating and they're not going to want to go in there and spend money. Yeah. No. It's a good point. So the whole look and feel of it is set up obviously around a certain But within way. that look and feel, you can still create a facility where, you know, for example, my 16 coaches can come in and train yeah. and do all, all what they're doing, yes. which is yeah. primarily more bodybuilding-led yeah, sort of routines. But yeah. I think the other point with the industry is that, you know, when you look at the trends and you look at where it's going, and you know, again, I've spent a fair amount of time out in the states and seeing what's happening out there. It's it's moving. It, you're either kind of the top or the bottom. So if you look, the budget is will always do well because yeah. it works on the fact that it's cheap enough that people won't sack it off, and 
people now, in terms of the rest, are craving more of an experience, yes. far more of a personal experience, mm. with, which is more education-led. They want to find out more about themselves and about how they can get the best out of themselves, and far more community-based, which is what we're seeing with CrossFit. Mm. I'd say the middle market is the last place you want to be. Mm. And you've seen that now, because clubs like David Lloyd are starting to try and create boutique versions of what they're doing, mm. which is so difficult because on a corporate level you can't really do that. Yeah. Mm. So, so on that score, what would you say that makes you stand out from a lot of the other personal training gyms, facilities out there that are currently around in the marketplace at the moment? Um, I think that we're really clear on what we are and who we are. So, you know, first and foremost, the biggest emphasis we place is on the experience of a customer. So we want, our, we want our clientele to have the absolute best experience, not just from the coaching, but from all other aspects. So we create a facility, not just where they've got the, you know, the right environment to train um, and they've got access to the best equipment, but the best small group coaching um, sessions that they can have. And then in addition to that, it's things like, you know, we've introduced cryotherapy, intravenous vitamin therapy, obviously all aspects of nutrition, we have um, in-house physiotherapy, acupuncture, we've got private GPs on site. So we're looking to go beyond just training. Mm. And it Crystal becomes, circles, yeah. yeah, it's much more of a, an overall lifestyle as well as just a gym. And it, it goes back to, I think, in a sense of like, I'm sure it was even more the case 20 years ago when you started the industry, but I know when I started, uh, there's so, so many less people doing personal training that it's such a smaller business that you in a sense didn't have to provide as much value. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, whether it's online coaching, whether it's one-to-one -one coaching, whatever your format is, you've got to provide so much value for that end client because the next person's going to undercut you or the next person's going to give more value. Yeah, so much more making, choice. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And also much more distraction. Yeah. Mm. You know, social media has changed yes. everything, hasn't it? So yeah. there's so much content yeah. all the time that people can get decent content for free. Yes. So you've got to provide more yeah. now than ever. When we spoke earlier about um, one of the, the stumbling blocks from a growth perspective, especially trainers who are looking to open up their own facilities and you get to a point where you're taking people on as well. Discuss and, and kind of let's, let's elaborate on what those potential risks are. And now you're managing a team of 16 trainers, what actually goes into that on a weekly basis as well? Yeah, that's a really good question. So when, when I started, I said to you, you know, that I took guys on, so it would be like another trainer who I got on well with and brought him into the business to start coaching and I'd cover, you know, say this is how we want to do this or that, but there weren't any systems or processes in place and I can't stress the importance enough of having the right systems. Everything we do now in MK is systemized. So if we bring a new coach in, they go through a complete onboarding. We've systemized everything. So they hear the same language. I want every single one of my coaches to have the right answer if they're asked, not so they're contradicting each other and giving the wrong information. So ongoing education is really, really important. They all go through in-house education. And then, you know, like we've discussed, we've teamed up with you guys because we believe the importance of them if we want the best coaches in the industry, they need to be continuously educating themselves. Yeah. And systems not just for that, but systems for um, how we market the business. So how, how do we generate leads? How do we talk to the right customers to bring them in? How do we then convert them into customers? And how do we retain them? Retention is such an important part yeah. of personal training. And yet it's, it's, it's all about sales. If you look online, it's all about getting customers. What about keeping them? Yeah. You know, because the value of a customer that you keep is is incredible yeah. over time. So, you know, 
I think the biggest learning for me, and it took me, you know, from being in the trenches and, and going through all the day-to-day -day stress of not being able to catch up with it, to actually scale and grow the business was all about systemizing it, which is we've got everything systemized now, mm. down to a T. So when we open our second facility, everything will be ready to drop into place. When we open our third facility, same thing. And that is probably when you mentioned about, James mentioned about balance earlier, the, the, the systemizing of, of, of elements of a business, when you've already got that pre-made plan and concept of how it's going to work, it then takes the guesswork out of it, so you save time yourself anyway. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's more efficient. And it, the, the most important thing is it keeps you sane. Yes. So when you, you know, if you know what's going on, it stops the emotion. I talked to a coach about this um, last week, that when you lose a client, you know, we were sat on a coaching call and he literally had a client, you know, message him while we are on the call, a big client saying that he needed to cancel his contract. And, you know, we've all been there. That's kind of like, it ruins your whole weekend. You're like, mm. you know, that's the stress and the worry. Well, if you're tracking your numbers and you know what's coming in, what's coming out, and what's happening net, and there's a plan in place as to how you're going to do that. How's the person going to come in? What's the value? What's the financial value? You've got complete clarity. So you stop running the business emotionally and you start running it on numbers and systems, mm. which allows you then a bit more of that balance we discussed earlier. Mm. That's a good point. So from the, even just look at from a sales type perspective, from coaching, do you sell our PT sessions? How does the systems work from a systems point of view, from a sales, sales side of stuff? Because obviously a lot of people out there will probably be saying, okay, I charge 50 pounds an hour, 100 pound an hour, whatever their hourly rate is, and they will be selling sessions. Sure. How do you or your girl, your guys go about selling their coaching? How does so, that work? Here? So we really, you know, we've learned over time that actually how, the way that we look at sales and the way that we dis we talk to customers or potential customers is far less about the features of the business and what we are and far more about where are they at and what is it they want what is it they need where are their pain points so what we what we're effectively selling them is a solution and then we tailor that solution to their financial situation to their you know overall lifestyle and, and what they can commit to. So where we've got away from is selling sessions. So initially the business was all session based, now it's all contract based, which I just want to make the point that the fact that everyone's on contracts gives us clarity ahead, gives us a lot of, you know, less stress and worry. But what we aren't is a corporate club. So if you're on a contract at MK and you turn around and, and you said, this isn't for me anymore, we don't, we, that's fine by me. The last, if, if we'd find where the disconnect is, yeah. what did we do wrong? If something's broken down, but ultimately we want, if we're doing things right, that doesn't happen. Yeah. So my advice to PTs would be very much, you know, what you, you need to be a chameleon. You need to be what someone needs you to be. And it, you, you can't be a, well, I'm a, I'm a kettlebell guy or I'm a TRX guy or I'm a, I'm a, a boxing guy, you've, you've got to be everything. Mm. And you've got to be able to work with an 86-year-old, a six-year-old, an Olympic athlete. You've got to, it, 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 yes, you'll have a niche, but ultimately you're in the business for getting clients. That's the thing, it's like so many people out there within the business marketing world and say, oh yeah, you've got to nail down and find your niche. But in the early days when you're a one-to-one -one coach, you've got to work with everyone. 100%. It's only once you get to a point, once you've scaled, mm. 
once your business has grown, can you start to really nail that down? Okay, that, this is the clientele. That I think I that's with. that um, the ability to work with like a multitude of different personalities and goals is a rite of passage as a trainer in the start yeah. as well. Yeah. That's the, the experience that kind of builds where your, the platform that you move from. Yeah. That's your that's part of your growth, isn't it? Yeah, it's how you learn. You know, they're all things that you're going to take into becoming a better coach, and you know. Again, it's drilled into you a lot in some of these business courses about you need to have a niche and everything else. But like you've just said, ultimately you need clients. You can mm. have a niche and have no clients and not earn yeah. any money. Mm. So the most important thing is you need to be successful yeah. and, and busy. Get busy, get very, very good at coaching and then capitalize on it instead of trying to get it all in, in one hit. Because yeah. the more hours you do, the better coach you become. Because yeah. you're learning every time you do an hour anyway. Mm. So. As, as, as we were saying earlier as well, as long as you stay conscious and in the moment, because so many trainers are just doing hours yeah. and not really thinking about that second, that moment there when the client's going through the rep in that moment, they're just yeah. worrying about other stuff. So yes, the more hours you do, as long as you, I say, learn from that experience. Yeah, and that's, that's a great shout. And we talked about that earlier, didn't we? Because, you know, at MK, we, we do a, a hell of a lot of hours. Um, and part of our commitment to working with you guys is, you know, for the guys, they need to be continuously feeding that creative side and, and becoming better coaches, and and you know, theoretically, practically, how to how to be better at their craft, which then keeps the interest there. Yeah. So, and and on the other side of things, from a personal development point of view, working on mindset helps you stay present. Yeah. You know, and we're back to that whole balance thing again. So, what if you were to give us some key pointers? Um, what are some of maybe the key things you think that aspiring coaches, they're, they're busy coaches, they're doing really well with one-to-one -one business, they're thinking, okay, I want to progress, but I'm not quite sure what direction to go with this. Some people are saying I should go online because I've got more freedom or I can make more money on you that. Don't, you don't get freedom, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cal's done how many check-ins already today and been <laughs> doing them tonight. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily equal more freedom because you've still got to spend just as much time in the early days to warrant building the business before you can get the systems and stuff in place to warrant taking that step back. But if you were to say, give us a, or give the coaches out there some couple of key pointers that they've got to have maybe this in place before they're really in a place where they can scale and open their own facility or they've got that vision, okay, their five-year goal is to have a facility with five, ten trainers. Even at this stage, knowing that's five years down the line, what are some of the th key things they need to get in place before sure. they can start moving forward with that? Yeah, I mean, again, that's a, that's a really good question. I think the first thing, and it's foundational stuff, really, you've, they've got to, they need to have systems within the business. So they need to have... So expand, so we say systems, just give us a bit more on that so sure. what type of system so, what you're talking about with that well if we talk about coaching first and foremost you know and it should go without saying but they can't be winging the coaching so there's got to be a system for the coaching so if they're working with people are they assessing is that is there an, a, a scientific rationale and approach to how they're programming who they're working with to get the desired outcome and results if they're looking to grow the business how how are they doing it what's the plan so when i talk about a system for example um, in terms of sales and marketing, it, the first thing is you need leads. So if you, and not just any leads, you need leads that are your sort of leads that mm. will work well. So how are you going to get them? So it's then having different lead generation strategies in place to attract the right people into the business. And then you need a system for getting them from becoming a lead 
to becoming a client and you need a system to retain them. So when we say retaining, well, if you're doing a great job, that should be enough, but when there's more than just you and you've got a team around you, how do you ensure that your staff are doing the same mm. job? And then you need a staffing system to keep everyone on the same page and make sure everyone's doing it. So it is really system, system, systems. It's yeah. like for everything you do. The foundational stuff for me is the, the coaching itself, obviously, what we actually do. Um, sales and marketing are really important, but so is operationally how the business works and financially. So planning ahead, what's the plan, and then working back with the map. It's the same as training, really. You think about business, what's the desired outcome? Where are we trying to get to? And then, okay, that's the great big goal. How do we work that back to where we are right now to then make sure we get there in the time that we want to do it? Mm. I think. Well, I think that operational side of stuff is where a big area where people forget. Yeah. Um, that's where you lose your head. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the sanity side of things. So operationally, you know, a lot of, a lot of people naturally will think, you know, I'll get the facility. Well, we, we discussed this earlier. It's like, you know, our facility has 40 car parking spaces. If we didn't have car parking, we can have the best looking facility in, in the entire area. But if people can't park, they're not going to come Yeah. because no one's got any time. So they've got to be able to come in. It's got to be hassle-free for them rather than, I found an amazing pitch and put everything in and then people can't park or they've got to pay to park. Yeah. It's the, the other things people don't think about. That's the same, when you, when you spoke about co like actual coaching systems then and being like the focus on, in the early parts of your career, being an exceptional coach. And as you said before, in the initial stages, the business grew on referrals. It was the same for me, it was the same for you. And the business growth initially is just delivering an exceptional service and then people talking about it. Sure. And then from a certain stage of growth there, you reach a stumbling block, right? Referrals are probably gonna to start to whistle down because I've maximized that now. How do I get to exactly that next right. step? Yeah. And that's when we look at the marketing and that. But you've got to nail that foundation first. Because the amount of times you see now, people that don't have that initial base, but then look at the right Facebook marketing and put Instagram ads on. It's like, who is that actually attracting in the first place? Yeah. You haven't got to the level that's even needed yet. That's a, again, that's a great shout. If you think about a lot of trainers, they're, they're already paying someone to coach them how to get a load of clients and sell packages when they haven't got any form of coaching approach. Mm -hmm. They haven't even got that in place. So be great at that. And then as you start to get busy, it's like, well, now the next step is yeah. how, do you, how do you get there? That's when a business coach, for example, would have a lot of value. Mm. So on the topic of, say, business coaching, um, when do you feel the, is the right time to maybe have business coaching? Obviously, I know you coach, or you do some business coaching for some sort of PTs yourself. Mm -hmm. um, when would you say is the time to make that transition to think, okay, now I need some help? I think um, when a PT has got to that point where they're doing so many hours a week and they've either hit a plateau where they, they want to grow but they don't know how, or they're at a point when they're ready to take you know, there's different points really when they're ready to take a member of staff on or they're looking at their own facility. They're all really key times in the sort of growth of an individual and the business. Um, and I, I touched on it earlier, business coaching is key, but for me, what's really important if you're gonna hire a coach is you hire a coach that's done it. So whenever I coached on a business level with anyone, I, would, I wanted someone that had certainly run a facility at least the same size as mine, if not bigger, mm. that had had the issues that I'd got. I didn't want to go and coach with someone that's great at selling, but has never owned a facility or had any staff, because they can't help me. Yeah. So 
you need someone that's actually done the journey. It's the same with what you guys are coaching. You've, you've done it, you do it day in, day out. So you, rather than you're just teaching off a text yeah. or you're teaching a system. Yeah, I think it's that, it's the time in the trenches that you get the experience from that puts everything into perspective, if that makes sense. 100%. Like reading a sales pitch and teaching sales is completely different to running a business, managing people and being realistic about what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. I think even when it comes down to the fact of opening a facility, if you're purely working with someone who's based online and they're looking to push people's online businesses and they don't know the logistics of what's going to happen when you try and come to negotiate a contract, mm. when you come to look at fitting things out uh, and getting the kit out, um, going through all that yourself and obviously you've told us a story around how you kitted your current facility out and what's been happening obviously moving forward. So I think that in itself, having the, the experience from the kit outside of stuff, you can't get that if you haven't been through that. Yeah. If you've no, been through that true. a couple of times, the, the value that you can start then to give other coaches on that side of stuff, um, would I assume would be huge, where if you haven't been through that yeah. yourself, you're not gonna literally know some of them stumbling blocks that you might come up against. Absolutely, so you know, you think about PTs and, and we're, we're so ingrained in what we do and being in the gym and learning more about that side of things and suddenly, you're sat negotiating the next 10 years of your life on a building and no one's told you how to do it. No one's putting your house tips. on the line. Exactly, <laughs> putting your house on your line and, and various other things. And then you kind of think, well, you know, from my own experience, I could never have done MK Health Hub if I hadn't negotiated the deal that I had because I hadn't mm. got 350,000 pounds to set the building up. Yeah. So, and that's without equipment. So where a lot of gyms go wrong is they, they spend a lot of money on the fit out things like air conditioning and toilets and showers and things they might need, but they're never gonna get that money back. So again, my advice when I work with, with coaches is I'll, I don't want them to spend that money. We have to find a way to negotiate that in so they can, because they're never gonna make that money back. Mm. And, and that's where a lot of gyms go bust so quickly. A lot of facilities will, will be out of business within 12, 18 months. And is that, do you think that's because they haven't run the long-term maths and be, they, have, they haven't had that longer-term vision about how they're actually gonna deal with it in a year's time, two years time, etc. Yeah, absolutely. So whenever I look at it, I always look at worst case scenario first. Yeah. I, the last thing I'm looking at is best case scenario. I wanna see, okay, what happens if this happens, this happens, and this happens first, and can I still survive that? Yeah. Or the other option that they start to think of the easier route is, well, can I get an investor on board? Obviously, when we do a one-to-one -one PT, we're probably in contact with some financially wealthy clients. Yep. So you start chatting to your clients about your vision of where you want to go to it. They think, oh yeah, that's nice to be part of something. And then you start giving up 20, 30, 40, 50%, and they're mm. going to put in X amount. Yeah. Whereas bottom line, I assume there probably isn't the profit to maybe give up 30, 40% and make potential the and well, it sounds great. Yeah. It sounds great. And again, you know, before I set up MK Health Hub, um, I had that experience. So, you know, when I was PT and I'd got a team with me and um, we were renting space in a health club, I had a, that exact scenario because clients love what you do mm. and they, they're supportive of you. And, you know, I had a couple of clients approach me about investing and I ended up doing a deal with one of them. And, you know, he was like, this, is, this business is going to fly and, you know, you're going to be a millionaire in 12 months and can't wait to see it happen. And the guy was phenomenally successful in what he did. And within 15 months, and bear in mind at that point in the business, you know, I'd got about 50,000 pounds in the bank. Um, we, went, we didn't owe any money. I had a very good lifestyle at the business. And I'm going back, you know, over 10 years, 
Um, within 15 months, we were, I had a conversation with my accountant and we were, he said, you've got a month and you're done. You're finished. We were 65,000 pounds in the red. So we went from 50 to 65 in the red. And the, the, the story here and the learning for me, and I'm grateful for the learning, as crazy as that sounds, because without it, I wouldn't have been able to do MK. I wouldn't have been able to set up the health fund because I had to borrow the money to get the, the business partner out. And I don't blame him because what I did was I went with every decision he made because I was like, he's the businessman mm. and I'm just a trainer. I just train people. That's what I'm good at. So quickly I realized that actually, you know, like a lot of trainers out there, you, you wear a lot of hats, guys. So you probably back yourself a little bit more. And don't be quick to think, yeah, he's going to solve all that and we're just going to, you know, going to grow it and it's going to be great and I'll just stick to what I'm doing. The truth is that if you work for yourself, you, are, you have to have a business head on you. Mm. If you haven't, you need to learn it. So you don't make the mistake that I made. Mm. So I'm grateful for it, but it was an expensive mistake. Um, but thankfully, you know, we, we turned it around and it taught me a lot of lessons. I cut a lot of costs and I re rebuilt from scratch to get to where we are now um, without any investment. Yeah, it, 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 that just, it takes a certain type of person as well to be able to come back from something like that and use it as a lesson to move forwards and, and make it a success from that. Whereas, you know, that's the, the, the value in, you know, having mistakes in the past that you learn from and make you better, better at what you're doing is, is so crucial. Because you find a lot, of a lot of the people that are doing this stuff and teaching this stuff are the people that have done stuff in the past that have taught them how to do it right in the first place. Otherwise, if you didn't make those mistakes, yeah. You know, you don't have that right of passage to then think, right, I know how am I going to approach it this time. Mistakes are great if you learn from them. Yeah. They're a learning. That's how I see it. If you, if you do it again, it's not so great. If you learn from it, it's, it's, it's a really good experience to have, you know, in terms of future and building a foundation, definitely. Mm. But I think when it comes down to it, really, there's just so much to learn and it is almost looking at it from the outside and seeing what you've got here from a business perspective, it's a, it's a minefield mm. from, for that trainer to go from doing 40 sessions a week, being busy, earning maybe a good wage, I think, okay, now I want to scale this. Like, yeah. they, they're soon going to get lost in terms of where to go with it. Mm. Um, so they, they need that direction, they need that, I think, sort of scope in terms of where to, t where to take stuff mm. rather than just sort of winging it themselves yeah well, I think that's to be honest what drew me towards the coaching because I'm looking at it and I'm going well when I needed that help it wasn't there which is why I had such an expensive mistake and then you know I ended up working with coaches in the States which was fine but there are a lot of cultural differences as you guys know with, mm. with the States there's so much of what I was learning I couldn't really implement or I'd have to tweak and change whereas you know they talk a lot about group coaching Semi-private semi -private, type stuff yeah, over there. Absolutely. Do you feel that works over here? If someone's come and doing, they're doing 40 one-to-one sessions a week, and they're thinking, okay, I worked out the numbers, I can transition maybe into a semi-private business model to try and scale. Do you think that's a good way to go with it? Um, we looked at semi-private, so we went out and spent time at Results Fitness, which is probably the most successful semi-private facility in the States, um, Alan Cosgrove's place. And you know, for us, we were more successful one-to-one -one than that could ever be. If I was on my own and only ever intended to be on my own, then I think semi-private could work. But the thing is, when you're talking about semi-private on a bigger scale and having members of staff, the numbers are always a little bit too good to be true. And the other thing that's not thought about is how the facility's laid out mm. and the size of the facility you need to ensure that you've got a trainer and three clients, for example, 
and you might have five, six trainers and three clients with each one. And the other reality is, is as all of you PTs know out there, that you know you get a certain amount of cancellations. That's life. You know, you book. I, no one books 40 and gets the exact 40 week in, week out. So you've, as a business, you learn that you know you've got to accept there's going to be around a 10% cancellation rate every single week. So you've got to plan for that and make sure. Well, on a semi-private, that's a lot more difficult because it's mm -hmm. a slot you're selling, and suddenly half of that revenue's gone, and now you're selling a much cheaper slot that suddenly is less than a one-to-one -one slot. Mm -hmm. So there are, as long as someone understands the fours and against and don't just buy into the whole calculator numbers thing, where, yeah, this is, this is a no-brainer, because it doesn't quite work like that. And the, the business has got to be built around that model from the get-go, and the vision's Absolutely. got to be there, as opposed to, I'm maxed out at one-to-one, -one, so I'm going to do this now to make more money, because yeah. then you've got a full week of one-to-one -one clients that don't want to do group training in the first place. Yeah because they're getting value from one-to-one. -one. And, and a lot of these coaches, you know, they, they absolutely love doing one-to-one -one training. Yeah. And they've been told to do semi-private training just because well, you'll make more money. Well, actually, what, what are you trying to do here? Because if, if I'm living proof and I'm not special that you can make money doing one-to-one. -one. Mm. You can achieve what you want to dream, what you're dreaming about and what you want to achieve doing one-to-one. -one. Why are you going to change what you're doing on the hope that you're going to make more money, it's like making a quick buck, yeah. rather than thinking long term about what you want to achieve. Mm. So, as a facility, this is a beautiful place, and from the 28th, 29th of March, we'll be running our first sort of phase one practical camp here, and then the following camps will obviously be held here initially in the first half of the year here in Solihull, and then second half of the year when we transition onto phase two, we're going to move over to the new facility, which is Birmingham City Centre. The exact location of that is, is Three Snow Hill, so it's in the business district of Birmingham City Centre. Yep, so, we're looking forward to that. We've already chatted through the equipment right. we wrote we wrote them out a christmas list They're giving yeah. me their wish list of how they want the sem the uh the facility to be which is you know i think we might just call it muscle mentors health hub. yeah so we're just as excited to see that now as everyone else so no so it's definitely going to be some um good say great base from an education point of view because it will be closed when we're running our education we're not going to be trying to work around other members at all. Um, it's a, say a private facility, obviously, and I say we've got full access to that over the weekends when we're running our education. So from a, a level of service point, we know we can step it up a level and say we're not going to be interrupted by anyone or have to work with anyone. So for, from us, from a selfish point of view, that means we can provide you guys with the best level of education possible. Um, and they say it's just going to be obviously a great partnership, I think, working together here, knowing that we've got a nice private facility to work out of. Um, and we I can think bring it, gives the, it gives the attendees as well an idea of the look and feel of what a, a well-run facility should be as well. Yeah. You know? yeah. I don't think there is, from what I can see out there, there's many personal training facilities that look and feel like MK does. A lot of facilities out there offer personal training, but they've been set up in a way that a, a gym mm. is yeah. set up. Yeah. Whereas I, I don't know, I'm sure there will be many out there, but I don't know really of many that you walk in and straight away you get a feel like, yeah, this is a boutique style, or it's a nice high level style place, sure. rather yeah. than, oh, I just want to train here and that's it. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. no, I want to spend an hour here chilling and having a coffee before and then going to the sort yeah. of cafe after and stuff where I think like the environment I can tell already the experience that yeah one clientele is going to sort of have here 
is going to be completely different from a lot of other facilities out yeah. there. So for you coaches that have the sort of ability to come onto our courses and see that, I think from a vision perspective yeah, of 100%. seeing what's possible to build mm. is yeah. going to be a massively, massive help for them. Absolutely. So moving forward, just to finish off, do you want to just give your details, Matt, in terms of where can coaches find you? What potentially are you even offering for coaches out there? Sure. Um, aspiring and maybe one day to have their own facility in their own place? Yeah, absolutely. So guys, for me, um, I was discuss discussing this with the boys here earlier. Um, I'm very passionate about wanting to help um, personal trainers that have been, that are obviously where I have been. So, you know, I've done that journey. It's taken me 20 years and I'd like to think that I can help someone get there a hell of a lot quicker now that I've, I've done it and set everything up in place. So the coaches that I work with, um, I help to implement all the right systems to fast track them for their business growth. But we look at everything. So we look at everything that they need to plug in rather than just one area. Um, obviously, I'm going to be working with, with these boys, with the Muscle Mentors going forward. Really excited for the partnership and for what it will bring to MK and the level of education it's going to bring to my coaching team. Um, and, you know, where to find me, I'll be, obviously I'm going to be coming on the camps and we'll meet a lot of you as, um, as you attend the camps, but we'll also um, get some details on the Muscle Mentor site so you can actually uh, get in touch with us and get in touch with me if you want to have a chat about where you are in business and what help you might potentially need. Cool. At this moment in time, if anyone does want to reach out, you're in contact you. I'll put the um, link in the bio yeah, as well. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Put the link in the bio, but it's a social media or email or what's best to um, Yeah, I'll probably yeah. say email at this point. So um, matt.kendrick at mkhealthhub.co.uk. I can link that, that's fine. Yeah. Cool. Lovely. Thanks for listening, guys. We will uh, we'll catch you soon. Thank you again for Matt. Thanks, guys.